Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When a Russian woman found out that her husband had been killed by the Nazis all the way back in World War II, she decided to take matters into her own hands. Driven by rage and with nothing left to lose, Maria Oktobrskaya sold her house and all her belongings in exchange for a tank. Yes, Seriously, a tank. She then joined in the Soviet war efforts, operating the tank herself and killing dozens of Nazis along the way. This is her incredible true story of revenge. World War II devastated families and separated countless lovers. In some cases, the ones who lost their loved ones hurried to avenge them. Maria Oktarabiskaya was one such person. As news of her husband having died on the Eastern Front reached her, she decided to sell everything she owned and invest in the production of a T-34 tank. Then she went a step further and applied for training to receive her tank driving license. The following step was vengeance like no other. But let's get back to the beginning. Maria Oktrabrskaya was born on the Crimean Peninsula to a poor Ukrainian family, which nurtured 10 children. Before the war, she worked in a cannery and was at one point a telephone operator. She met her husband, the future Red Army officer, in 1925, and the two married that same year. Maria became very interested in her husband's line of work and joined the Military Wives Council and acquired training as an army nurse. Soon after, she learned how to use weapons and drive, which was very uncommon for women at the time. When asked about her unusual interest, she reportedly replied, Marry a serviceman and you serve in the army. An officer's wife is not only a proud woman, but also responsible title. As the war closed in on the Soviet Union in 1941, she was evacuated to Siberia, where she spent the next two years. It took a long time for the news of her husband's death to reach her, but as soon as she got the letter, she knew what to do. She was so enraged by the death of her beloved husband that she wrote a letter to Stalin directly. My husband was killed in action defending the motherland. I want revenge on the fascist dogs for his death and for the death of Soviet people tortured by the fascist barbarians. For this purpose, I've deposited all of my personal savings, 50,000 rubles, to the National Bank in order to build a tank. I kindly ask to name the tank Fighting Girlfriend and to send me to the front line as a driver of this tank. Stalin felt he had no choice but to accept. The State Defense Committee advised him that the move could have a positive effect as a morale booster on both the desperate population and the troops. It wasn't uncommon for citizens to donate money for war production in the Soviet Union, but usually those making donations were men. Nevertheless, in dire times, every bit of help was welcome, and so Maria received five months of training in order to master the skills of operating the T-34 tank. Now, this too was uncommon. During the Great Patriotic War, as World War II was dubbed in the Soviet Union, tank crews received shorter training, as they were needed almost immediately 
immediately on the front. In Stalingrad, tanks would enter combat unpainted. The five-month training for Maria was also part of the propaganda effort. The Soviet government didn't just want to send her to battle, they wanted to make sure that she would be effective. After training, the 38-year-old Maria got transferred to the 26th Guards Tank Brigade in September 1943 and soon participated in the Second Battle of Smolensk. Even though other tank crews looked at her as some publicity stunt, she got the chance to prove them wrong. During her first battle, she showed extraordinary maneuvering skills and assisted in neutralizing machine gun nests and artillery positions while under heavy fire. Her tank, the fighting girlfriend, pushed through enemy lines but was badly damaged. Under intense fire, she rushed out of the turret to repair her tank. Her fellow crewmen provided covering fire while she fixed the tank and jumped back in it. Everyone in the unit was amazed and she was promoted to the rank of sergeants. A similar situation happened a month later when the fighting girlfriend was raining fire around the town of Novoyuselo in the region of Vitebsk. Her track was hit and the tank was immobilized. Sergeant Oktobraskaya rushed out and, with the help of another crew member, managed to put the T-34 back into running condition. But just two months later, her courageous tactic would prove to be the last. As the tank once again suffered damage after destroying entrenched positions and an enemy self-propelled gun, Maria tried to pull the trick once again. She managed to fix the damaged track once more, but was hit in the head by shell fragments and lost consciousness during her return. Maria Oktobrskaya was transferred to a military field hospital near Kiev, where she spent two months in a coma before passing away on March the 15th, 1944. Her actions did not go unrewarded, nor were they in vain. She was declared a hero of the Soviet Union posthumously, as her bravery inspired thousands of women to join the fight and make their own contributions. And there we go. What an incredible woman. I genuinely could not believe this story when I first saw it. Insane. As someone who studied history and World War II at university and in school, I never came across this story. This is one of those that you just don't hear about. It's one of those small little stories that doesn't really make the news, but it is just incredible. What amazing revenge and what a woman. So there we go, guys. Some amazing true historic revenge there. Please let me know if you enjoyed that one. Drop a like and comment down below if you want to see more amazing stories from history. But anyway, that's not the end of the video. The next story I've got for you is from Reddit, like normal. It's from r slash nuclear revenge, and it's just as mental. I'm not going to lie. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Guy takes advantage of my little sister's disability and I snap. First off, some context. My little sister, henceforth known as Holly, is mute. She can actually whisper a little, but it takes a lot of effort on her part. She's been mute ever since she was five, when she lost her ability to speak in an accident. She's very smart and she's a good looking kid. At the time of these events, she was 16 and I was 21. Me and my sister live together in an apartment because my mother is a Roma who isn't well suited to take care of a teenager. She has our twin kid siblings, but not my sister and me. My dad is distant from the family, so helping my sister through high school falls to me. 
I work at a car park shipping company, so I get paid just enough to get by. Because of our relatively poor living situation and my sister's inability to speak, she does get bullied at school. Now, generally, it isn't much of a problem, but in the few months leading up to these events, she was having increased issues with it. Build up. At the time, Holly was 16, but she was a sophomore in high school due to failing a year in middle school. She actually refuses to take special ed courses because they didn't help her at all. Now, because she's good looking and is older than most of her class, she gets attention from juniors and seniors. It's mostly negative attention, but there was one guy who I will refer to as Dio from now on, the villain of the story, who treats her really nicely. He's a senior and at this time is 18. He repels bullies from her because he's a tall, handsome, tough guy and bullies don't want to mess with him. I don't interfere with them because my sister is visibly happy when she comes home from school and whenever she's around him. Yeah, I didn't let them hang out alone together, but you know, I I supervised them hanging out a few times. Anyway, King Crimson a few months and she stops coming home happy. She isn't hanging out with him anymore either, and although I ask her multiple times, she won't tell me anything about it. I confront him about it and he evades the topic. At this point, I'm suspicious, but I don't know what to be suspicious of. Researching. I'm getting more and more worried about Holly. So I go to her counselor and assistant principal to ask about her activities at school From what I learn, she still spends all her free time near Dio at school I find this strange since she doesn't seem happy anymore Guys, this is where the illegal stuff starts A few days later, I invite Holly and Dio on a dinner night to Olive Garden Now, no one can resist Olive Garden While we're there, I do two things that are completely illegal First, I steal his phone, which I've seen the password to. And two, I read his texts and emails. Anything I can to find out what's happened between them, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I do find out that he drinks and smokes weed with his friends on weekends. This will be relevant later. A few days later, I find his phone in the laundry and say it must have ended up in one of our coats by accident. I know for a fact that he got it back because he called me to thank me for having Holly return it. I still didn't have what I was looking for though, so I went back to the school and used his previous texts as grounds to check CCTV for any suspicious activity. There wasn't anything suspicious by school standards, but there was something that caught my eye. It was my sister going to the central bathroom in the school and him going to the boys' room of the same bathroom about a minute later. Now, the bathrooms are separated by a wall, but there's a janitorial closet that opens into both bathrooms and is completely in the blind zone of anyone walking into the bathrooms, let alone the CCTV cameras. At this point, I began to suspect that something was happening between them in that bathroom. It was the only one with a closet like that. And if my memory served me, the closet didn't have a proper lock. It just locked from the outside on both sides. Boiling points. Now that I suspected something, I confronted Holly about it. She broke down crying, and after 15 minutes of consoling, she shakily signed to me something that made my blood boil. Apparently, it was far worse than I'd expected. I had thought they were going in there and doing drugs or something, since Dio was the kind of guy who would pull that kind of thing, but as it turns out, according to Holly, he brought her in there one day, closed the doors, held her down, and R-worded her. He told her that he would know if she told anyone and would hurt her if she did. 
Nabakushi couldn't physically scream for help or make any kind of loud noise for that matter. He got away with it. And the worst part is he was threatening her into meeting him there every couple of days and doing that to her. I was livid. My first instinct was to call the police, but I realized that there was no evidence except the testimony of a mute girl. I wouldn't be satisfied with police intervention anyway. The first thing I did was call Holly in for a week from school. Family emergency can get them a week of excused absences easily. The next thing I did was find out where he lived. After that, I planned the most brutal revenge that I could think of. Highly illegal revenge. My first step was to break into his house. It turns out his parents go out a lot and he leaves to smoke and drink with his friends I knew from reading his text that there was a spare key on top of the porch lights in the backyard So that saturday I scoped out the place waiting for everyone to leave I then began phase one of my revenge I went into his house through the back door and found his room I smashed his pc stole his wallet and peed on his bed Then I poorly hid two small bags of weed in his house I've got a friend who grows Finally, to hide the fact that it was targeted, I tossed up the rest of the house, but I didn't take anything. I then went to a Starbucks and used the Wi-Fi and Dio's debit card, he didn't have credit, to purchase a bunch of sex toys in his name and send them to his house. I then left his wallet sitting near a homeless man sleeping on a park bench. Next, I contacted his parents and told them that I'd seen their son drinking and smoking with a group of teenagers. They were furious, which leads me to believe that this wasn't the first time that something like that had happened. Finally, I went to the back road he walked on his way home from his drinking parties, which I'd found out in a text from his friends. I waited for two hours in some bushes for him to walk by, and then, wearing sunglasses and a hoodie, I jumped him. I demanded his money and phone, although I knew he didn't have his wallet. I kept one hand in my hoodie pocket, pointing it like I had a gun, which he believed. He handed his phone over and ran away. I then finished up my plan by using his phone, which I still had the password to, to send an email to the school from his school email, confessing to R-wording my sister in the janitorial closet multiple times, as well as possessing drugs on school grounds and drinking alcohol when he was underage. Then I snapped his phone on my knee and I went home. Aftermath. My sister went back to school the following Monday, armed with a can of mace I bought her. Now, Dio wasn't in school, and my sister was called in by her counselor. She confessed, and he was charged with R-word, underage drinking, and illegal drug possession. On top of that, his parents completely disowned him, and he was expelled from the school. Now, sadly, this story doesn't have a completely happy end. This whole ordeal sent Holly into a downward spiral, Her grades fell behind and she barely smiled. In March of 2018, she attempted something drastic and it was pure luck that I found her in time. She's getting better now, but the emotional trauma will probably affect her for life. I pray to whatever cruel gods are out there that this guy gets a taste of his own medicine in prison. Wow, guys. And uh, I thought the first story was pretty severe. You know, killing Nazis and stuff. That's pretty top level, pretty badass. But this, wow, I mean, honestly, just as mental, crazy, crazy, crazy scenes. Like, what do you even say to this? What do you you even say? Yeah, all the stuff that OP did was highly illegal. Of course it was. But so is the stuff that happened to his sister. Like, she's mute, man. How can she even scream for her? Oh, it's just so horrible. And you know what's, what's weird as well and actually quite terrifying 
is that she was mates with this guy You know, he was a handsome guy. He seemed quite popular He was able to keep bullies away from her all the good things that you look for in somebody even a boyfriend perhaps But no turns out he's just an absolute creep. Oh Just disgusting now honestly i'm not like advocating this or anything but genuinely i do kind of agree with what op said at the end because you know he deserves it sorry anyway guys that is going to do it for this episode of r slash nuclear revenge i was really excited to bring you guys that first story because you know it's genuinely out there 100 percent it happened and it's such an amazing story from what 70 years ago now more nearly 80 years ago comment down below if you guys do want to see some more historic revenge stories because obviously there are loads out there they're not sort of the ones that you'd find on reddit because reddit is more like current sort of stuff or the past year or two but you know historic revenge stories they're pretty insane let me know if you want to see more the second story did you enjoy that one as well let me know comment down below i mean that one was absolutely mental and uh yeah with that all being said i will see you guys tomorrow with a brand new video hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.